I just appreciate the music team and the, and the song list that they put together to really enter our heart into worship here. And as we, as we dive in, this is a, a mini-series for us. It's part two. Last week, Pastor Dave talked about the grief of the passion. And today, we are going to talk about the centrality of the resurrection, its importance and its impact. That's going to be the basis of our teaching today. And so I would like to celebrate a bit with you all. And uh, we'll have a couple of passages. This is the first one that we're going to turn to, or we can just read it on the screen. It's just uh, this brief slide right here. And to really just understand what pulls us from the crucifixion that we covered last week to the resurrection that we are talking about today. This is Luke 24, verses 6 through 7. It says, He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise. And there are some awesome key words there that, again, we're just going to unpack, like must and risen. So again, we are going to talk about the centrality of the resurrection. And it might not be the biggest impact statement to say that it is important in our Christian faith to acknowledge and believe the resurrection. But let's read just how crucial that is. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to start reading in verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom had did not raise, if this is not true, that the dead do not rise. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile." And you are still in your sins. One more time right there on just verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. That, my friends, is just how important the resurrection is. It hinges on it. It all sits on the necessity of the resurrection and the fact that we can know it with conviction. Because if not, what, what happens? Our faith is futile. And we are still in our sins. So that's a, that's a pretty good foundation, but we dare not step there because we need to know what we do with that knowledge now. Is that just head knowledge that we sit on instead of good? Okay, this morning in service, we established that Christ has risen, because it's Easter and we're celebrating that, uh, and we found a verse. We identified it in 1 Corinthians 15, that it is so important that our faith is futile. We just, we know that now. Well, no, my friends, not, not at all the case. Let's continue to study on here and understand what we do with that. So First Peter now, chapter 2, verses, we're going to start reading at 4. 
as you come to him, him being Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as spiritual houses to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So just as we talked last week, about the passion and the fact that blood must be spilled, blood must be spent to cover our sins, the fact of the resurrection and that it is futile if it is not true and we do not believe it, is because our continual faith resides on Christ being the royal priesthood, the head of the priesthood, the head of the church that we are a part of. And it says that here in verse 5, making sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. And that verse that's being referenced is one that you guys looked at, we all looked at last week, and Dave walked us through. That's Psalm 118 that is being mentioned. Then as you read further, it's building on and also referencing Isaiah. You see, that cornerstone is Jesus, right? We see it that the cornerstone is chosen and precious, Jesus himself talked about a cornerstone, and now we've identified that our faith is central in understanding the resurrection, and that it is through Jesus, his cornerstone, that we believe. In Luke, he tells us a little bit about cornerstones, and a cornerstone is an essential part of a foundation. It is key to orientating and, and setting the building correctly and making sure that it is firm and in good placement and solid. So in Luke 14, we're going to see just what Jesus has to say about setting foundations. This is Luke 14. We're going to start reading in verse 25. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife, and children, and brothers, and sisters. And yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish it. And all who see him will begin to mock him, saying, this man began to to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not while the other is yet a great ways off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciples. Jesus, in this earlier verse, when he's talking about building the tower, um, that's the excerpt that we're going to pay a little more attention to today as we focus on that transition and from cornerstone and foundation. 
He's saying that the foundation certainly must be established first, and it must be established with priority and understanding that everything comes after that. That's what he's concluding this with in verse 33. It says, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So we must put the fact that we just keep building on, that the resurrection is not just true, but it is to be our foundation. He is further cementing that here. And so to give that as an example and really weigh in on that, I want to give a small demonstration. Now, the only thing better than a demonstration is having some fun and getting help with it. Does anybody want to help me with the demonstration? You want to help me? Come on up. Come on up. Oh, two helpers. Okay, we can, we can work with that. All right. I'm going to give you guys a jar. Go ahead and sit those right on the table there. What we have here are two identical jars. And for right now, we are going to say that these are going to be your life. It's kind of limiting, but it's a demonstration. So if you guys can work with me, uh, we'll keep going. So these jars are going to be your lives. And now, while certainly everyone's life is unique, we have general things that are equivalent. So let's go ahead and open this up because we're going to put things in our life that is going to be true of how we experience life. So the first thing that we're going to do is understand that now you guys Maybe you're starting to understand this some, but there is a lot that goes on in life. There is just seems like there are things that are happening all over the place right in front of us. And so for those lots of little things, but tons of them, what we have here is a container of sand. And I'm going to help you, and you can open this, and we're going to go ahead and dump it in here. Let's go ahead and keep pouring this. You holding that for me, bud, so we don't drop it? There we go. So we're going to pour this all in. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. A lot of stuff happens in life. So we need a lot of, to represent that with a lot of small things. All right. Woo! Ooh, you are strong, sir. Could you set that on the table? Okay. All right. A little bit of dust. Sorry about that. All right. Let's go ahead and maybe we'll close this up. That'll help with the dust. Okay. We've got a little, we've got some space left in our jars. So it's safe to say that Small things in life are not just going to happen. As you guys grow older, you're going to get responsibilities. And responsibilities are going to be a key part of enjoying your life. And so, let's go ahead and put our responsibilities into our jar. Can you reach up here and get that? You're going to put some of those in there? Go ahead. Awesome. Now, we're also in life going to have slightly bigger things and I'm going to say that these are going to be people and relationships in our life that are pretty important. And so these are, these are bigger. So we're going to go ahead and add them into our life because that's, that's just going to be part of our life. And our life is getting kind of full. Is your life getting kind of full over there? Yeah, yeah life is getting full. Okay. So pop quiz, and it's okay you guys are already doing wonderful helping. It's okay if you don't know the answer. We'll reach out and use lifelines for help. We just talked about adding someone or something in our life that is key and important. Do you guys know 
what that would be. What do you think? person yeah yeah um, yeah 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 grade a answer awesome she said jesus because he saved us and that is a big deal so go ahead and put jesus in your life please i hope that each one of you get to put jesus in your life he's barely in your life guys i mean he just is like if we have a trial or a tribulation I mean, I, I just, I, he is barely holding on there. There's a hint to how this could work a lot better in the verse that we just read. So I'm going to read it right here on the screen right there. It says, so therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So I just made the statement earlier that our belief in Christ must be first and foremost, and that should be our foundation. But we just put him in last, didn't we? So what would be better? We should put him in first. Man, she's good. All right, so for example, we're going to leave this one here. Let's put it over here. So could you renounce your life for me? God, pour it all in there. It'll fit. I tested it. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Gentle with Jesus. Yep. It's good. Oh, it's a little stuck. It's okay. There we go. All right. Boom. Okay. All right. Got it all out. Okay. Now, what are we putting in first? Jesus. Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of dust. It's okay. I'll sweep later. It's all right. Okay. Now, I think that one of the things that we are seeing, and I'm going to give you a little hint of things to come in the rest of the sermon, so I'll tell you guys, but I won't tell the rest of them, okay? We're going to see that relationships are really important, okay? So I think we should put relationships, and those relationships that we're going to have next, and those were like, yeah, those were these bigger ones. So can I help you identify? Can you hold on to some of these and hand them to your sister? Go ahead. So go ahead and put these in. Yeah, go ahead. Hand those to sis. Oh, 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 drop a couple. Ooh. Hope that wasn't mom or dad. Okay. So here we go. We got a couple more relationships in here. All right. We got more. We got a lot of relationships. You're going to know a lot of people. That's good. That means you can impact a lot of people. Do you like to make friends? Yeah. Awesome. I feel like we're making quick friends up here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, we had those responsibilities. We still got a lot sitting in here. We should probably still put those in our lives. We should be responsible. So let's go ahead. Is it okay if I help some more? Okay, no problem, she says. Okay, go ahead. You can start adding them. All right, can you pick some of those out for your sister? Get some of those in there. All right, so for you guys down here, you guys do that. Here's what you guys can see a little bit closer, okay? So we had sand right? And then we had these slightly smaller ones that we put in. Those are our responsibilities. And then we had relationships. And up here at the top, we had Jesus. And that's how we filled it. Because I think conventionally, that's how a lot of us really actually do that. And so the challenge, yes, ma'am. I should have brought it. She just told me I bought the wrong size jar so that Jesus didn't fit in. I'm demonstrating something. Give me, give me one more minute and you'll see it. Man, it's 
good to have smart kids. <laughs> okay, so what we've done here is we've reordered, we've, re, we've flipped our thinking, and that's, that's biblically right. But that doesn't mean that sometimes that isn't just tricky or hard to do. Did we see that, like, that was tricky to get all of that out of our life, right? Like, that was tough. It would be tough to reorder and do it this way. But what happens, and I'm going to help with this one because we're going to make more dust. So I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to step you guys over here. All right. You're doing awesome. Just, just so chill. It's awesome. Okay. So what happens is when we reorder, oh, oh, you forgot one responsibility. Taking the garbage out? Yeah. I don't like that either. Okay. What happens when we reorder and we collect, correctly prioritize and put Jesus as a cornerstone? Now, you guys saw at the beginning that these jars were even, yeah? Now, if, if you go through trials, everything fit in there, didn't it? Because what did we do? We reordered it, and how, how, what was our order? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, people, responsibilities, stuff, stuff, everyday stuff. There's a lot of it, and it's small, but it seems like it's always there. All right, give these guys a round of applause, because they did awesome. Thank you so much for coming and helping me out. Thank you, thank you, ma'am. All right. Sweet. So the goal of that is to put something tangible on the fact that it might be tough, but if we prioritize our lives biblically, it's not just warm and fuzzy. It works, right, guys? Did we see this? It works here. Jesus is barely in our life here. We're like holding a whole bunch of life back from him. And that's the point that we're trying to get across with these verses, is that we put Jesus in first. We do the hard work and put Jesus in first. So now I'm still pressing the issue a little bit further here that we've prioritized our life and we actually have like a more complete life now. But what does this look like, right? Like if we walk this out, what are the, like the day-to-day steps? So for this, a really key verse, one that I love a whole lot, is found in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6, 4. You turn there with me, please. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So effectively, we just got to what we've been doing thus far in the sermon, right? This is loving the Lord our God with all our soul, with all our heart. So again, still, the question is what do we do with it? Well, first we are given the attitude of which to take to it, and that is to do it with our whole hearts. And these words that I command you shall be on your whole hearts. In verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, it's everywhere. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands, and you shall be as the frontlets of your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is to permeate through your entire life. It should be everywhere. 
should be talked about in the home as you walk out of the home. It structures your family unit. See, this is, this is like putting feet on the fact that we say that God is omnipresent, right? This is like our response to that, to let him be omnipresent in our whole life. Let's keep reading. I mean, I like Deuteronomy 6 a lot. We're just going to keep reading. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities, what you did not build, and the houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full and taken care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Snapshot there for some context is God has just done a whole lot of provision for the children of Israel. And he has given and provided them all of these things by his hand. Is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve. And by his name you will swear. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve. We are called to serve him. The beginning of our response to all of this is to serve him right? We prioritized him in our life, and that then isn't just putting him first. It's putting him first in everything, and then walking that out. Our life is a service to him. Jesus himself talks about this in John, and we're going to go there now. This is John 15, if you would turn there with me. John 15, we're going to pick up in verse 7. If you abide in me, remember we just left Deuteronomy, talking about serving the Lord. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. To unpack that sum in just, just a touch, but not fully, that is saying that that service, that following that we are called to do earlier and right now has fruit associated with us. And that isn't the defining aspect our faith is, but it proves that we are his disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is setting himself up here as the ultimate example, as he should. And these things I have spoken to you, do you remember the verse that we started with? It was a refrain to say, hey, I told you this was happening, right? When we, when we were reading earlier in Luke 24, the very first verse that we started talking about, these things I have spoken to you that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from the Father 
I have made known to you. So we are called to serve. And Jesus takes that and says, yes. Right? Yes, serve. But he wants more. Right? He wants to be prioritized and the foundation of our life. He wants more than just... So when, when I think service or serving, it, it comes off, or, or maybe it's just my flawed nature, somewhat mechanical. And there's nothing wrong with listening and serving. What I'm asking and what I'm trying to build on some is to move through that. To take that foundation of a central service and move through that and not just sit on this as some kind of religion, but a relationship with him, one where he calls us friend and we could do likewise. And he just doesn't call us friend. It shows the depths of the love that he has for us. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So we're going to start to move into the cards. And I told you that they would come towards the end. If you guys are familiar with the Psalms, I'd like to reference them some here and challenge myself and you guys as well. Because what I'd, what I'd really like to do today is we have, we have looked at these things and we've got them in here because they're in here and we've got them in here now and we, we tried to put some feet on them and we said that the, uh, this can start by being a servant but he calls us friends. He wants to be our friend and he has taken the first step already. No greater love than this. He's done the this. And so speaking of that love and moving from that servant to that friend. I want us to really take weight of what today is and not just acknowledge the resurrection, but to go past that. So if you open your cards, you'll see that they're blank on the cover. They're blank on the inside and spoiler alert, they're blank on the back. There's this statement here, I love you, Lord, and we're actually going to sing it in a little bit. I don't want to contrive this, so I want you guys to choose your next action carefully. If you are comfortable, take a look at that statement, I love you, Lord, and on the front cover, go ahead and write that, if you're comfortable. These are in envelopes. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to ask you to put it back in your envelope. No one's going to be peeking as you leave and seeing what's in your envelope. It's just going to be a card, same card as everybody else has. If that's something that you have comfort to say, that you can start today to say, is, I love you, Lord, then go ahead. If you can't, that's okay. I'm crazy glad that you are still sitting here listening to me or you're listening online. I am really glad for that because to me that shows some interest and God can do crazy awesome things with that interest. And if you would want to talk to me after this or maybe you came with someone, you asked them a little bit more, you want to start to read this book more, 
dig into the verses that we covered a little bit, that is an awesome start to being able to think about writing that on the front of this card. So now, David, what do we do with the inside? This is where I'm going to ask you guys to start to process. On the back of your note sheet, as you've been following along and dutifully filling out the blanks, which the answer key is in the back and the bottom, I have here listed some verses. 2 Samuel 22, that's David. 1 Kings 8 is Solomon. And then the Psalms are beautiful for this, for what I'm trying to get us into the mindset of doing. So I'm going to start with a statement and then unpack it some. Think of this as a form, but more than a love letter. This isn't like a a gooey-ooey, oh, you're so cute, love letter. No, we're talking to the God of the universe here when we're going to write it down, because that's who we just addressed it to, all right? But what we are doing is we are saying, I love you, Lord, because you died for my sins, because you continually are my Lord, and I want to walk after that. I want to be, I understand and I recognize that you call me to be friend. And, And as we read here, this is your homework assignment, in 2 Samuel and 1 Kings and these Psalms and many other Psalms and other instances, but I just wanted to give a snapshot These are times where we get to see in Scripture that there is this just intimate expression of someone's heart, and they're just calling out to their Savior, to their Lord, and saying, thank you, and you are amazing and awesome, God, and I love you. I love you. Now, I'm not saying that when you write in here, You're going to be writing like new scripture. We're not going to add a psalm if you submit this and it's really good. There's no submission here. This is just to help you try to get to a point where you can unpack that I love you, Lord, where you can take that step from servant into friend, from religion into relationship, that we can sit on today and celebrate the resurrection in such a way that it is key to our life. It is in the very middle of it. Go on ahead and fill that out, or if you haven't, go ahead and slip it back in. This is homework. There's some verses here. I would love for you guys to start to unpack this as you have your family celebrations today. These are beautiful verses to just expound on the glory of the Lord. But would you guys do that for me. I'm not putting in ownership to share this with anyone. This is a personal assignment, one that I really would encourage you guys to grow in. And we, as a congregation now, are going to start that walk. I'm going to ask the music team to come up, and they're going to sing a song entitled, I Love You, Lord. And as we sing that, I would really appreciate If you guys would put on the mindset, clear your minds now as they're coming up, and put on the mindset of singing this to God and telling Him that you love Him. I 